When I was a senior in college, I got the chance to take what was the most popular class at the entire university, because for the last hour of class, we would drink. Uh, it was only once a week, so every Tuesday night, for the last hour of this three-hour class, the whole class would drink. And uh, there was one part of that class that taught me a lot about experience and you know your expectations and how your expectations can set your experience of a certain thing. So in the first five minutes here, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that class and how I learned that your experience or your expectation of something can shape your experience. Hey, welcome to episode 11 of the Fit Life Formula Podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. I'm the founder of Advantage Strength and Conditioning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, the Fit Life Formula Podcast is a show for the members of Advantage Strength, but also for anybody who's looking to have fun, live an active life uh, in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and really kind of get back to the things they used to love to do, or uh, find a way to sort of remain active with their family and friends, and uh, stay active, healthy, and lean all the way through their 60s and 70s even. So um, we're going to be talking about a lot of topics on this show. In fact, most of the time we're going to be talking about something physiological, you know, the effects of training or something that we can do to help our bodies. But today we're going to be talking a little bit about some psychological stuff, um, stuff that not only is going to help our uh, us live a fun, vibrant life, um, but it's also going to give us a great outlook. And today, more specifically, we're going to talk about Number one, how your expectation can lead to you know, your experience of an event or your day or whatever it might be. Um, so we'll be talking about setting expectations and, and what those can do for you. We're also going to be talking about your environment and how your environment can dictate your success in keeping this uh, fit life, this fun life that you want to have. So we'll talk about expectations and environment today. Remember, if you are enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so that we can share this stuff with more people. If you're enjoying it, there's a good chance that there are a lot of people out there like you who are enjoying the show. So uh, if you'd go ahead and subscribe, give us a rating and a review. It's going to help people understand what this is all about. And I know we're going to help tons of people out there live healthy, vibrant lives so they can keep moving well until old age. So with all of that, I'm going to get started today with a story. When I was in college, a uh, senior in college, I took a class that was one of the most sought-after classes at the entire university um, because, you know, we were, we were athletes, so we had some scheduling priorities and stuff. So I got to schedule classes early and had a chance to take this class when I was a senior. And uh, it was one that everybody sort of clamored for, and if you got it, you, you definitely ran out and told everybody. And the class was called, uh, it was actually a botany class, a 400-level botany class, and uh, you'd wonder why an exercise science major would be taking a botany class at the 400 level. Uh, but the name of the class was Viticulture and Enology, and uh, for short, wine class. And basically, what you did was, you know, it was a three-hour class once a week, and for the first hour and a half, two hours, it was pretty, actually pretty strenuous. Um, You'd learn about different wine growing regions, different trellis systems for the grapes, what different uh, the properties of different grapes, how wine is made. Um, so that's the viticulture and enology part. But for the final hour of class, you drank wine. And it was really, you were sampling wine, but you were drinking wine. 
And so what would happen would be uh, maybe we'd talk about a certain kind of grape or a certain uh, growing region, and then we'd taste the wines from those regions. So about two hours into class, there were helpers in the front of class who would help the teacher wheel in these pallets of uh, uh, different wines. And there are about, I don't know, I'd say probably 80 to 100 people in this class. And then they'd start you know, pouring little maybe two or four ounce samples of wine. And by the end of the evening or by the end of the, the pouring there, you'd have probably five or six wines in front of you that you'd be commenting on for the, for the afternoon. And there were a couple things that the teacher would give us. The teacher would give us the name of the wine, the grape, the growing region, uh, all of these things. And then it was our responsibility to do the tasting notes. And then everyone would taste and we'd kind of share what you know, what we tasted, all that. I'm, I'm horrible at that. I, it tastes, you know, like wine to me for the most part. Um, so I always kind of had to listen in and just imagine like, oh yeah, I guess I do taste that. But the one thing that the teacher did not give us until the very end of class was the price for each wine. And there's a very specific reason for that. And that's kind of where we're, where we're leading into today's discussion about expectation. The reason that we did not get the price ahead of time was because price sets an expectation, right? So, so a higher price usually sets an expectation of higher quality. So if you go to the store and you look in the, the wine section, you look down low and you see like three bo- $3 bottles of white, $5 bottles of, of red. Um, so immediately you're thinking, okay, that's going to be some crap wine. So you start looking up the shelf towards, you know, maybe, I don't know, whatever your price range is, 15, 40, 70, $100 bottles of wine. And you just assume that those are going to be better quality. So the teacher purposely kept the price from us until the very end. So we could see where things teased out. So you would, you would rate the wine in terms of quality, uh, one through 10. And, you know, without fail, if you got a wine that was a, an 8, a 9, or a 10 rated by the class, at the end of class, you hear that that bo- particular bottle of wine is like 8 bucks a bottle. Literally, everyone was cheering, like jumping up in the air, cheering, and then the wine store in town would be sold out of that for you know the next week or so. So price can be, you know, it can really set an expectation of what you're going to get. And where I'm going with this is not so much about price. It's just more about expectation. And so my point here is if you have an expectation about something, there's a good chance that you're going to experience it that way. So if you expect that your day is going to suck, there's a good chance that your day is going to suck. Um, If you expect that something is going to taste bad, there's a good chance that that will taste bad. And there's another study here that's pretty interesting uh, that I'll share with you. It's, it's from a book called Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely, which is kind of about um, human behavior and you know things that seem to make sense but really are completely irrational. Ariely is, a, is an MIT professor, and so what they did, they went out in Boston and kind of set up at a college bar. And when college kids would walk in, they'd you know, that was sort of the false pretense that they were testing different beers, this MIT, they were calling it MIT brew. And so they'd set up in a college bar. And when students would come in, they'd say they'd offer them a free glass of beer. On the first experiment, they had beer A and B. And they said, we just we need a taste test, which one do you prefer? Beer A was a standard 
uh, light beer, commercially produced. And B was that same beer with a couple drops of balsamic vinegar added to it. And so in one situation, the first situation, they said, okay, we just need a taste test here, and we're trying to decide which one we're going to bring to market. So they poured samples of each glass, and they tasted, uh, had students taste. And in the first experiment, when they didn't say that there was vinegar in B, most students picked B. So there was a statistic uh, preference for brew number or brew letter B, which was the one with vinegar in it. Then uh, on another occasion, they came back and they said, we're trying these two different uh, beers. We'd like you to taste test them. And we'll give you a free glass of beer afterwards as a thank you. And so they poured the two and they said, beer A is a commercially produced beer. Uh, We're calling it MIT Brew. And beer B is MIT Brew with several drops of balsamic vinegar added to it. And so then when they were prompted with that, when students were prompted with that, almost everyone took brew A or letter A because they knew that the vinegar would make the beer taste poorly or their expectation was that it would make the beer taste poorly. So that's a great, another great illustration of what you expect is what you are going to experience. The reason I was kind of reminded of this is because, you know, we've had people come in, maybe, maybe it's the first time that they've come in to the gym, or maybe it's going to be their first workout or whatever it might be that come in and say, uh, you know, today is going to suck. Uh, I know this is going to be really bad. There's a good chance that in your brain, if you've created that environment for yourself, that there's a good chance that the day is going to suck, right? And that also leads back to environment, which we'll talk about in just a second. But keep in mind that you can sort of, when you expect a certain thing, or at least when you tell yourself you're expecting a certain thing, you can almost guide your experience that direction. So if you expect that it's going to be fun and feel good to get moving again and you know, in your brain, if, you, if, if I'm a new person coming in here to Advantage and I'm thinking, uh, this is going to suck, I'm going to be sore, this is going to be, you know, brutal, I haven't worked out forever, there's a good chance that I'm going to be sore, that, it's, that I'm going to have a less than desirable experience with the whole thing, you know, that's going to make it a lot tougher for me to get back into the routine of things, and, you know, get back to a strength training routine that, that we want that's desirable. And that's all based on expectation. Whereas if I were to come in and say, Oh God, I know this is going to be, I might, I'm going to be sore, but this is going to be, it's good to get moving again. I'm going to feel great when I leave this place. You know, when I walk down the stairs from the gym, I'm definitely going to feel great the rest of the day. Um, so if I can set that expectation for myself, there's a lot better chance that I'm going to experience things that way. Now, if there's any doubt that something mental like that can become a physical, you know, can show up in the physical world, um, there is an experiment that's, that's pretty famous. It's uh, basically a, about priming, about how, you know, when you're primed or when your expectation is or when you're shown words of, that would remind you of a certain thing, you're primed into those actions. And so the famous study that goes along with this is, is John Barg who did a study where he would have participants in a room and show them words on a computer screen. One set of words was sort of, you know, random and benign, like book, phone, ball, lamp, uh, just things that don't really conjure up much of a response. And then the second group was shown words like walker, nursing home, elderly, 
retirement, all things that would remind you of, of old age or would sort of at least cue that up in your brain or would prime you uh, to that, you know, to that set of behaviors. And that wasn't actually the, the experiment. That was just the priming part. The experiment began when the participants would leave the experimentation room. They'd time them for how long it took them to walk from, you know, when they left the door to a certain point near the end of the hallway. And what they found was that those that had, that had been primed to old age with the, with the words that would remind them of old age actually walked slower to the end of the hallway. And so it's super interesting, um, but unfortunately, that particular experiment has not been replicated. But what has been demonstrated is that you do tend to take on the tendencies of those in your environment. And that's where environment comes into play in this. So one of the biggest things that we coach in terms of nutrition, if you're trying to make nutrition changes, the number one thing that, that has to happen is your environment has to be changed. The people around you have to be on board. You change the, the food that's in your cupboard um, because your environment has so much to do with your behavior. In fact, there's an NIH study um, from probably two decades ago that shows that if your best friend is obese, there's a likelihood, your, or sorry, your likelihood of becoming obese is 57% higher um, because, you know, your best friend, the people that, the person that you hang out with the most is obese. So environment has a huge effect on your actions. So as we're thinking about this, where does this come into play for you? Take a look at, it may be time to audit your, number one, your expectation of, of what, you know, you want to accomplish uh, your behaviors, and your environment, the environment that you're existing in. If your expectation is to lose weight, you may need to look at your environment and think, is my environment set up for this? You know, like maybe you have you know, extra snacks in the cupboard that uh, tend to get eaten late at night. That, that's a simple environment change you can make. You can, you can get rid of those. Maybe your spouse is not on board necessarily with you improving your nutrition or losing weight or whatever your goal is, if your spouse isn't on board, there's a good chance that, you know, that, that he or she won't be changing their behavior and that would help, you know, or that would just perpetuate what's gotten you into the situation that you're in now where you want to get out. So keep in mind that your behavior and your outcomes are going to be very closely tied to your expectation of what you're going to experience in the environment that you're doing that in, because those are things that you can manipulate in a heartbeat. We're going to do a whole nother episode on mindset, which is, you know, the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, which is like one of my top two favorite things to talk about because it has such a major impact on your life and how you view challenges. Uh, but you can, you can very easily change your expectation and your environment. In some cases, some things are harder to change, but Keep that in mind as you're going through any kind of behavior change. Um, if you're looking to, let's say, get to the gym twice a week, or, or you know, let's use the FitLife formula as, a, as an example. If you don't tend to take time to do things that you love to do, some active things that you love to do, there's going to be some changes that, that need to happen in your environment. Maybe it's uh, arranging a carpool for the kids once or twice a week. Maybe it's making sure that you cut out of work a little bit early because you know that ultimately when you're doing things that you love to do, you're going to be sharper and more productive when you get back to your work. Um, so some of these things are, are relatively easy to change. Some of them are very hard to change. Like, you know, the, your, 
relationship with your spouse and all of those things, that's very hard to change. But it's worth working on because your environment and your expectation of what's going to happen are so important. So take a look at things and just make sure that your expectation and in your environment are matching the outcomes that you want to get from your your efforts, your uh, daily routine, or your you know your goals, or whatever it might be. So just make sure that your expectation and your environment match those things, and you'll be set up for a much better success rate than if those are things that are that are keeping you back, or if your your attitude or your expectation is telling you that you're not going to reach your goals or that you're not going to be able to, to develop this new habit. Um, so, so take time to audit that. Make sure everything's in line with that and you'll be set up much better to accomplish those goals. That's all I got for you today, guys. A little bit of a shorter episode today, but that's okay. Hopefully you're having an awesome week so far and we'll continue to have a great week. I know I expect that I will be having a great week, which makes it a lot easier to do that. Until next time, be sure to keep living the fit life formula. That's three days of something you love to do, two days of strength training, and one workout that just sucks to help you keep living happy, healthy, and active all the way through the rest of your life. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you next week.